Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This morning I'm going to bring a message to you along the lines of the Holy Ghost. And I'd like to start in John 14 and verse 16 by something that Jesus said. He said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. John 14 verse 16. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you. How long? Forever. Now, the word comforter there is parakletos, which means one who is called alongside to help. The Amplified says of this comforter that he is our counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, and that he will remain with you forever. So if you need counsel, he's your counselor. If you need some strength, He will strengthen you with might. If you need some healing in your body, He will quicken your mortal body. If you need a little extra, He's your standby. He stands by to give you overcoming power in a time of emergency to put you over the top. You ever need a lawyer? He's your advocate. He pleads your case before the throne of grace. Thank you, Jesus. He is the third person of the Godhead. He is not an it. He is a divine person. He is the one, hallelujah, who is in our midst today. Amen and amen. And so this morning in John 14, again, he says, I will give you another. Everyone say another. Now the word another literally means one just like me. So while Jesus was in the earth, he was comforting them. He was giving them guidance. He was strengthening them, if you will. But Jesus said, now I'm going to go to my heavenly father. But I am going to leave you and send you another comforter just like me. Now the biggest difference is this. Jesus could only be at one place at one time. But the Holy Ghost is everywhere present. He's not only on the inside of you, He's not only upon us, but oh, thank God, He is here in this place today. Here's what Jesus said in John 16 and verse 7. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Now I'm reading from the King James Version. In other words, it is profitable, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now how many of you know that the Master's ministry continues at the right hand of the Father? He is your shepherd. He is the high priest of your confession. He is the great apostle and high priest. He is our mediator between God and man. And he ever lives to pray for you. Think about it. Well, I can't get anybody to pray for me. Well, Jesus is praying for you. He ever lives to make intercession for you and for me. Oh, I love the fact that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus is alive and he is, glory to God, coming soon. 
How many of you know he's coming soon? Look at your neighbor and say, he's coming soon. You better be ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. He's going to masekelebeshte. He's going to split the eastern sky. And he's going to come back for his own. Amen. Get ready. There's a train of coming. Not the old song by the temptations. Get ready because here I come. But Jesus is coming. And so he's at the right hand of the Father. But the Holy Spirit came and took his place in the earth. And here's what he does. Listen to this. He takes everything, and I mean everything, that Jesus has bought and paid for, and he transmits it, he discloses it, and he declares it into your life. He brings what's been bought and paid for and deposits it on the inside of you. Woo, glory to God. Healing has been bought and paid for, and the Holy Spirit has been deposited on the inside of you, and He's your quickener. Comfort and joy and peace have been bought and paid for, and the Holy Spirit comes and deposits those glorious things on the inside of you. And you know what? I'm happy about it. I am glad for the Holy Ghost. Everyone say twice, thank God for the Holy Ghost. One more time, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, he said, everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said unto you, the Holy Spirit will take the things that are mine, will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit them to you. That's powerful. Now listen, since Jesus said it's to my advantage, and since he said it's profitable for the Holy Spirit to come, it seems like to me that you and I would be very smart to get to know him. I mean, if he's going to counsel us and he's going to transmit things to us, I, I just believe that we are very, very, es muy inteligente if we will take the time to commune with him, to get to know him, to not ignore him, to not quench him, but to welcome him. You see, we just welcomed him into this place. But did you know that you can welcome the Holy Spirit into your business? Oh, yeah. He'll make you a whole lot smarter than you are. I've discovered this, that the Holy Ghost is helping me a whole lot more than I realize. He's a lot smarter than me. And I just have this hunch that he might be just a little bit smarter than you. The communion of the Holy Spirit. Benny Hinn wrote a book many years ago. How many of you know what the name of the book was? Good morning, Holy Spirit. What a day to what a way to start the day out. Let's just try it on for size right now. Good morning. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Well, I, Pastor, I, I've got such a big day. Don't go about your day without Him. Amen. Don't go about your day without acknowledging Him. Say with me, I'm always in the right place. 
at the right time. Now, I do not want to make this testimony that I'm about to give something that is not because I'm not exactly sure what happened. But you know, God will order your steps. And He will see to it that you're in the right place at the right time. And He'll connect you with people. Well, Brenda and I were in the city the other night and we ate at our favorite restaurant, House of Prime Rib. Nobody leave. Then we went to a musical, Carol King musical, you know. I feel the earth move under my feet, yeah. And so we're, we're walking back to the, the you know, the uh, city convention parking lot. And so I think about from here to where Doug and Judy are, this 83-year-old lady just keels over backwards. And her daughter says, Mom, what's, what's wrong? Mom, Mom, Mom. No response. Brenda and I got over there, and I kneeled down, and Brenda put her hand on her. And we didn't get real elaborate with our prayer. You couldn't even hear our prayer. But in our spirit, we're going, Jesus. 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 Now, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know whether she fainted. I mean, she looked like she was on her way out. But God brought her back. God brought her back, whether it be fainting. And I don't want to spectacularize that at all. But what I want to say is this, is God's got some divine connections for you. And the more keen you are to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life, and the more you are aware of Him, and the more you pay attention to Him, He'll see to it that you are connected and that you are in the right place at the right time. So we just looked at that sweet little lady, 83 years old, her eyes opened up, and I said, everything's going to be all right. She says, what happened? I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I said, I don't either, but everything's going to be all right. Thank you, Jesus. So let's say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. In my day, oh God, I need your help. I need your assistance. No day is too big. Without him. Jesus. So we're smart. If we'll do, and this isn't something that's weird. This, he is a real person. Just like Tony and Rachel are sitting there in the front row. The Holy Spirit is a real person. So today I want to talk to you about three facets of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Ghost in the church. Number one. Everyone say the spirit within. Jesus said in John 14, 17, Even the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he shall, he dwelleth with you. And what? And he shall be in you. And so the Holy Spirit comes within us at the new birth. We are baptized into the body of Christ the moment we make Jesus the Lord of our life. And all that has been bought and paid for comes on the inside of us. And the primary things that he brings to us in this glorious experience in the new birth is the ability to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Who can tell me what one of the fruit of the Spirit is? Love. Love. Amen. How about joy? 
Don't forget joy. What's another one? Peace. Peace. Amen. What, 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 what? Come on. Amen. Daryl's going long suffering. So here's what Jesus said to the woman at the well. They're talking about water. And he said, look, he said, now the water that I give you, you'll never be thirsty again. And it will be in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Everyone say this well of water is for my benefit. The Holy Spirit within me. Hallelujah. Is for my individual development. And never minimize this because we need to be highly developed in the character qualities of Jesus Christ. Faith don't work without love. Life is very depressing without joy. No peace? Whoa. But the main working in the new birth is for character. Now listen to this. The problem in the body of Christ is you have a group over here that doesn't believe much in power. Oh, but man, they're highly developed in character. And then you've got some wild-eyed charismatics that believe in the power, 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 but they are as carnal as old hoodalls. They've got care, they've got charisma, but no character. Charisma without character leads to disaster unless adjustments are made. I believe that the balance that the Spirit of God brings into our lives is developed high in character, but also high in the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Now notice. Then we need to make sure as we go into this second one that we don't think because we've got the Holy Spirit within us, we've got all that there is of the Holy Spirit to have. We don't need any more. I mean, we've got him already. That is very deceptive. And that keeps people from falling short of everything that God has for you. There's more of the Holy Spirit available to you and to me. And you've got to really stick with the Bible on this. You can't just give your opinion on this. We need to understand Just as the Spirit of God comes within us, there is also an experience that will cause the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Say amen. Within Within. and upon. upon. Now let's notice something that Jesus said in the book of uh, Luke in chapter 24 and verse 49. We're not going to preach all day, but we're going to see a demonstration and a manifestation of the Holy Spirit today. We've already seen it in a measure. But there's going to be some good things. Hallelujah. Happening in this place. Say it with me. I'm expecting. And I am excited. Luke 24 verse 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until what? Until you be endued with power from on high. In other words, until you be clothed with heaven's clothing. He said, don't dare leave home without this power. 
He could have as easily said, well, you've got character, now you need power. In other words, don't launch out until you get this second work of the Holy Ghost. One person said it like this, and I love it. You've got lots of wood, now you need some fire. Lots of wood, now we need some fire. The revival and the awakening in America will never happen without the fire. Hallelujah. Light our fire. Light our fire in this Bay Area. Help us not just to be nominal, middle-of-the-road Christians. Let's be on fire. Say it with me. Jesus shall baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. That's right. What would you say to Lodorus? Fire? Fire. Amen. When I was a little boy, man, when the fire trucks would be in our neighborhood, man, I like to follow those trucks. Some of our people, they just like to, to follow the trucks. Why? Because they want to see the fire. They want to see what's going on. And when you get on fire and a church gets on fire, people are going to be drawn, not to us, but to the fire. They're going to wonder, what is going on in that place? Now, another thing about being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire is all of you know that fire burns things up, right? Destructively. But spiritual Holy Ghost fire can burn things out of our lives that we need help in. Anybody anybody here a candidate for some purging? How about the rest of you? You're all perfect, right? Well, let's start out by burning that pride out right now. Let there be fire. Holy Ghost and fire. Now notice in Acts 1.8. Let's track this out this morning. We've got some time. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus said, but you shall receive power. He's talking to believers here. You shall receive power, not before, but after. The Holy Ghost is what? He's within us at the new birth. But here he says... He will come upon you. And you shall be witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, under the uttermost part of the earth. He said, you shall receive power, not integrity. And I believe in integrity. This power upon you equips you for service. R.A. Torrey said this. He helped the evangelist D.L. Moody. And he he said that this baptism in the Holy Spirit was a unique experience subsequent to conversion or after you're born again. And here's what he said. In regeneration or the new birth, there's an impartation of life and the one who receives it is saved. But in the baptism with the Holy Spirit, there is an impartation of power and the one who receives it is fitted for service. Fitted for service. How many of you know that on one hand, we're the sheep of his pasture, right? Yeah. And, and like good little sheep, you know, we're to follow the shepherd. Always follow. But on the other hand, we're soldiers. 
I said, on the other hand, we are soldiers. We're farmers, we're soldiers, we're sheep. And the neat thing about it is Jesus is the commander-in-chief in the Lord's army. But no one that goes into the military in the United States of America should ever go without being fully equipped to do their job. And God will never send us out into the world, will never send us out into service without equipping us with what we need. The military may need a gun, but we need the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Fitted for service. Now, whether or not you've entered into the service yet or not, guess what? You're AWOL. There's too many AWOL Christians. Well, that went over big. Let's continue. Look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm in the Lord's army. How about you? Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Very interesting here. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Everyone say they were one. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And what did it do? Here's a revelation. It filled the house first. And it filled them second. The house was filled. So it would be the house was filled. And we're going to go back to that in a moment. And verse 3 says, There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit came into the room, filled the house. Then He sat upon them and filled them. I just believe that they didn't get all of the presence that was in that room. I believe that there was presence left over in that room. It caused them to be so full that they hit the streets. And I want you to see something here in a few moments that literally could change our church. Everyone say filled. Now, when people think of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, most of the time they think about speaking with other tongues. And that scares a lot of people off because they think, oh man, do I have to speak in tongues? Well, the good news is you don't have to, but you get to. And speaking in tongues is the initial sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But the main purpose for the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Ghost to come upon you is for service. Now, if you look the word filled up in the Bible, here's what the word filled means. And this is God's will for you and God's will for me. The word filled over there means to be imbued, saturated, permeated. It means to be supplied. And it means to be empowered. His will is to so saturate you and me with the Holy Ghost and with power. Oh, glory to God. That this saturation of the infilling of the Holy Spirit begins to flow through us, not like a well in the new birth, but rivers of living water flowing through us to our communities, to our families, to everyone around us. Here's what Jesus said. 
Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and think. He didn't say that. And that's why a lot of people get hung up. They're trying to think themselves into the infilling of the Holy Spirit. No, you just believe you receive, and he's there right there. Jesus did not say, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and think. He said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and do what? Let's go like this. You know what I'm going to do tonight in tonight's service? I'm going to be one of the biggest drunks here. Well, I thought you were already filled with the Holy Ghost. I want an imbuement. I want some saturation. I want the overflow. So to get to that place and to stay in that place, you've got to keep drinking. That's why Paul said to the church at Ephesus, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and do what? Drink. So it's my responsibility to do the drinking. He supplies the water. He supplies the power. And it's my responsibility to come and drink. There's a song there somewhere. I don't know. Come and drink. Verse 38. Now notice this. In John 7, 38. He said, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly is going to do what? Rivers of what? Woo! Glory! Verse 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Say, I'm a believer. believer. I have the Holy Spirit within. But I should also receive these rivers of life. This Spirit upon. Do you see it? For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so, the third facet that I want to talk to you about. Say it with me. I have the Spirit within. And I can receive the Spirit upon. Now let's talk, just for a few moments, about the Spirit among us. The Holy Spirit among us. Just like He filled the room on the day of Pentecost, He will fill this room. He will fill it to where when people walk in here, they think, whoa, what's going on here? And they're not going to think, oh, this is a cult. This is bad. This is ugly. They're going to sense and feel the love of God and the presence of God. When spirit-filled people come to the house to worship and to praise and to give honor to the Lord, I believe that the Spirit of God begins to move among us. <laughs> it's one thing to have Him within. It's another thing to have Him upon. But oh, when the Spirit of glory is among us. Now call it what you want. Call it what you want. Presence, outpouring, glory, corporate anointing. I don't care. Let's just have it. Come on, guys. Let's just have it. Let's expect it. Let's get excited about it. And that's when things will begin to change in your life 
and in the life of this church, the Holy Ghost will come upon us and he will dwell among us. And things that we've stood for for years shall be manifested by the spirit of glory and by the spirit among us. Hallelujah. Those issues of discouragement and those issues of depression shall be swallowed up by the spirit among us. Pray it, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Dwell among us. I've seen the glory limitedly. It's like dew or it's like a mist. I haven't seen the full manifestation of the glory of God. I believe we're heading there. But there's just something changes when He's here. Countenances change. Pastor Tom sings with a greater anointing. Pastor Brenda preaches with a greater anointing. It's like it's easier to enter in. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. He's here right now. And you know, when you've seen the glory, perhaps even the limited fashion that I have, nothing else satisfies. And it's like going to a place where your favorite steakhouse is. And then you go to another place and it's just not the same. I mean, it's a good steakhouse. It's a good church. It's great. It's wonderful. But there ain't no place like home cooking. And I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about Jesus. So call it what you want. We need him. So he said, now I need scriptures, pastor. I'm glad you asked. When they, when they dedicated the temple... They got their musicians together and they played so in harmony and in one accord that it was almost like it was one sound. You see, they were assembled purposely together. And when they assembled themselves together, they also said the same thing. There's power in saying the same thing. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpet, 2 Chronicles 5, 13. With cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord. Here's what they said. I want us to say it two times. For the Lord is good. good. And His mercy endures forever. One more time. For the Lord is The more a church sings of his goodness and talks about his goodness, the more of his goodness shall be in manifestation. For even as Moses said, I will not go without your presence. And the Lord spoke, I will cause my goodness to pass before you. Goodness and glory are synonymous. Say it one more time. For the Lord is good. good. And his mercy endures forever. 
Now here's what happened. That then, not before then, that then the house was filled with a cloud. That's the glory cloud. Even the house of the Lord. Pastor Tom couldn't even stand up. Pastor Brenda got up to do the announcements, anointments and fell under the power. People walked into the building and they just flat fell out. Why? Because he was there. And the glory of God filled the house so that the priest could not stand to minister. Mm. This is, well, pastor, that, that's one. I need New Testament. Okay, smarty. We got your case covered. Peter and John went up to the gate, beautiful. The man was big in arms. They said, silver and gold have I none, but such I have give I I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, wise up and walk. He rose up, got healed by the power of God, went walking, leaping and praising God. The religious people got upset, put Peter and John in prison, beat him and said, don't you ever, ever again mention that name. Because it was through faith in the name that caused that lame man to walk. So they took them and they beat them and they put them in stocks. But when they let them go, they went to their own company. Everyone say own company. It's important that you have a church that will pray with you. It's important that you have a people that are like-minded with you. It's called their own company. And they did not rehearse the problem, but for about four seconds. They simply said, now Lord, behold their threatenings. Here's what they've said. And then they went into praise mode. They went into worship mode. They went into reminding God of His goodness mode. Mm. And in Acts 4, verse 31, here's what happened. We're not going to rehearse the whole thing. Read it with me. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Woo! Glory to God! I believe the place being shaken was the Holy Ghost dwelling among them. And I believe that in days and years ahead, there's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on. And I'm talking about a good kind of shaking. He's going to shake all nations. He's going to fill this house with the glory of God. Had a good friend of ours just got on a jet, flew to Paris the other day. He's a, he's a pastor of a large church. He just had in his heart to go pray in Paris. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. They went over to the place where Notre Dame is. And they just walked around there and they just prayed. And they prayed. And they prayed. Well, that very weekend, there was a major terrorist attack averted right in that area. Right in that area. It was a woman 
And it uncovered a whole nest of terrorists. Somebody says, well, he just went to Paris because he likes French food. No, he went to Paris because Paris has become a Muslim nation. Just about. He went to Paris to pray. I heard him this morning. He said, well, your prayer didn't make any difference. He said, oh, yes, it did. And your prayers and our prayers make a big difference. There's shaking taking place. This is no small thing. What Jesus did for us was not done in a corner. This nation is going to be shaken. But I don't believe with judgment. Oh, there'll be some judgment. But I believe that this nation is going to be shaken with the power of God. But you know what? The Lord is recruiting soldiers. I have this picture of soldiers lining up to receive those shots. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. Well, he's not doing that, but he may well could be lining up people today to get a good shot of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Somebody said, well, pastor, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I need another New Testament example. I'm glad you asked. Turn with me to Acts 16. Acts 16, verse 25 and 26. Here's something that I want to share with you, and that is this. The higher we go in praise in this church, the deeper we will go in worship. And the deeper we go in worship, that is when the plan of God and the glory of God begins to be in manifestation. Say it me. We're going high in praise. Deep in worship, and the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of glory, He dwells among us. So here's the picture. Paul and Silas were put in jail because they cast a demon out of a young girl that was making her masters much gain by fortune telling. They got very upset. They beat them and put them in prison. And the Bible says that at midnight, Paul and Silas... They prayed, and they sang praises to God. So they're working with the Holy Spirit that was in them. They're working with the Holy Spirit that was upon them. They prayed, they sang, and the prisoners heard them. Verse 26, everyone say, and suddenly... Oh, say it again, say it again, say it again. And sudden. One more time. And sudden. Woo! When you are faithful to work with the Holy Ghost within, and you are faithful to the Holy Ghost upon you, there shall be some suddenlies happen among you. This was not a deadly earthquake. This was a Holy Ghost earthquake. No hurt and no harm. There was a great earthquake. I believe the Holy Ghost just filled that whole place. 
The foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loose. Woo! Think about it. When we come in here and sing praises to God, even though some of you might be in your midnight hour, woo, glory to God, bands are going to be loosed. Lives are going to be changed. Glory is going to be released. But not only sickness and disease is going to flee, people that have been bound by sin for years are going to be set free. The jailer got saved. And historians tell us that the jailer later became a pastor of a church. Oh, hallelujah. Say with me, God is on the move. On the move, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I purpose in my heart to develop the characters of Christ, the character qualities of the Christ. Spirit of the living God, I invite you to come upon me in a fresh and new way. And Lord, we as a church, we invite you to be in full manifestation. Do what you want to do. You're welcome in this place. I'm going to ask the musicians to come forward and I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet right now. We are going to believe God together. Everyone stand to your feet right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. The Bible says that in the temple of God, everyone speaks of his glory. So in your private life, speak of his glory. Get up in the morning and say, glory to God. Right before you have lunch, say, glory to God.